be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is your host, R.C. Norman. Consider yourself Welcome, welcome, my family and friends, to another week on The Renewed. Listen, I'm so and always will forever be grateful for your time, for you choosing to join us each and every week on this podcast. I'm so grateful for your lives. I truly am. Uh, For always, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um. I believe that there is a word from the Lord on today. Um, there, This is a very powerful episode that you want to maybe tell a family member, tell a friend, and tell them to tune in. Tell them that the Renewed is on and let them know about your Renewed experience. Don't be selfish. Don't hog it all to yourself. Truly, let them know about your experience. And if this has been a blessing to you, I would love to know. Please reach out to me. You can reach out to me at rcnormanministries at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on my website at www.rcnormanministries.org. I would love to hear from you and hear from your, your feedback. Or if you have any topics or anything that you would love for us to discuss, please, please share. Let us know. I absolutely, I pray for each and every one of you. Everyone who listens, I pray for you. I pray for your families and I pray that God will continue to strengthen you and that he will continue to lead you in the path of righteousness that you are walking to your destiny. So listen, I don't want to prolong the time. I want us to dive into this episode because it's very vital to every believer. And I believe this is very juicy. I absolutely do. If you are a believer, you absolutely must uh, tune in and adhere. So let's start here. I want to bring you up to where we are going, give you a little history, a little background of um, the Bible and where we were before we were even born. So if we all, a lot of us are familiar. Some of us are familiar with the passage, Jeremiah one and five. If you're not, you you can go there and read it at your own time, but it pretty much saying before we were formed in our mother womb, God already knew us and he had a plan for us. So this means right here that before we were even created, before we were thought about from our mother or our father, before our father even had a seed. Listen, watch this. God already thought about us. He brought our mother together. He brought our father together. No matter if he was on drugs, no matter if she was in whoredoms, no matter if she was a prostitute, no matter what, God put them together to create you. God did. And who are we to say that, God, this wasn't the right match? Uh, Why did you put them together to create my life? Nah, God is perfect in all of his ways and his plans are perfect. So here it is. Even in Genesis, the Bible says that man, that God breathed into man and he became a living soul. So this means God breathe into us and now 
once we were formed, we don't become living until God breathed into us. And so every one of us came here for a purpose. God breathed into every soul for a purpose. So we must ask ourselves, why did God create us? Why did he breathe breath into my life? Why did he breathe into this body and allow me to become a living soul? So I want to talk. I want to touch this. I want if I could title it, I would title this. Don't allow the cup to pass. You were like, what does will? What does all of that have to do with the cup? Okay, we're going to get there. Don't allow, but we can't afford to allow the cup to pass in our life. No matter what, we cannot allow it to. So I love to, as always, you all know, I love to come from the Bible because the word of God is the living word of God is truth. And so we should always base things and always come to a conclusion based upon the word of the God, because my watch this. My word can be absolutely opinion, but God word is truth. His word is the truth. This Bible is the absolute truth of God. Let's go. John six, John six and 30, 38. We can start there. John six and 38. He says here. No, let's start at 37. I'm sorry. All that the father giveth me shall come to me and I in him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the father's will, which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing. So look at this. As I stated before we were even born, God already knew us. So this means we were in heaven with God before we even came into the earth. We were all with God, probably worshiping God, probably dwelling with God. And he knew us. The Bible says he knew us before we were even formed in the womb. So this means God had the word new and yada. This means relationship. This means God had a relationship with us. It's a Hebrew word. Yada. He knew us. He had relationship with us before we was even born. Wow. <laughs> he was intimate with us. He had a relationship. He already knew us. And so here it's saying, Jesus said, I, for, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So this bring it all into context. Now, now we understand why it is. What's, what was the purpose of God creating every soul? What was the purpose for God creating you? It was to fulfill his will. So let's go to Matthew 26. Many of us, this is a very familiar um, story about Jesus. He was here. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And many of us may know what this garden um, represents. It represents a place of agony where God was in such great agony. The Bible even said where his very sweat began to transpire blood. His sweat began to turn into blood. This is how much agony he was in while praying for 
the believers while praying for future believers. This is where he was. So let's go to 39. Matter of fact, let's let's start at 38. He says, then said he unto them. This is Jesus here talking. My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And Jesus, he went a little farther and he fell on his face and he began to pray saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Here it is. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. So here Jesus was in a place. He was wrestling with God. He was wrestling with them because he didn't want to drink of this cup. His flesh, he really didn't want to drink of it because he knew of the agony. He knew of the suffering that this cup was going to bring. In actuality, Jesus was not rebelling against his father's will when he asked that the cup of suffering and separation be taken away. He was not. In fact, he reaffirmed his desire to do God's will by saying, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. His prayer then began to reveal to us his terrible suffering. His agony was worse than death as he paid for all sin by being separated from God. So we must understand that the sinless son of God took our sins upon himself to save us from suffering and separation in times of suffering. We need to understand this because suffering people sometimes wish that they knew the future or they wish that they could understand the reason for their anguish. Jesus, he, he absolutely knew he knew what lay ahead of him and he knew the reason. This is why his struggle was even more intense. It was more wrenching than any struggle that we will ever have to face. So you must ask yourself this question. What does it take for you to be able to say thy will be done? What does it take? What does it take for you to say thy will be done? Jesus, he knew. He knew exactly what he was going to go through. And I believe he was in so much pain and so much agony because he never knew. He never understood what it was like to be separated from God. He didn't know. He always had a relationship with God. He was never separated from him. So he knew when he drunk this cup, when he drunk the cup of sins, he knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that he was going to have to die. Why? Because the Bible said that the wages of sin is death. And he took upon sin. So sin had a price which had to be paid and he had to endure the cross by drinking of this cup of sin for us. He had to suffer for us. And I believe that he wasn't so much of agony by drinking of this cup of suffering. His 
agony was being separate, more being separated from God. This is what he despised. This is what he did not want to endure. He didn't want to be separated from God. This is why he cried, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? God will forsake you when you live in sin. He will. Sin will absolutely disconnect you from God. This is why Jesus said, the Bible said he was tempted in all points, but yet he had no sin. And so this is why he must come. He must. He had to come as a blameless lamb. He had no sin. He knew no sin. So because he was so perfect and holy and blameless, he was the sacrificial lamb. And he stood in the place for us and died. He drunk of that cup so that we wouldn't have to endure it. Cup. Let's talk about cup. What does it symbolize? Cup is, is symbolic of suffering. It's symbolic of suffering. Yes. And, and separation from God. I also believe that cup also can represent the will of God. So any will that's not of God will lead to death, but God's will will lead to life. And watch this. Sometimes obedience is birth and learned through our suffering. Hey, Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, as well as share with others. Thank you. Yes, sometimes we have to go through things in order to obey because Jesus, watch this, although his flesh, although he didn't want to drink of that cup, he became obedient through his suffering. He was like, okay, you know, nevertheless, not as thy will, thy will be done. There will be moments of suffering in pursuit of fulfilling the will of God for your life. There will be moments of suffering. I don't want you to live in a fairy tale or live in Disney World and just live in a false reality, not thinking that once you ex receive Jesus Christ as Lord, that there will be no suffering or persecution for the Bible says, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. The Bible said to suffer with me, you will reign with me. The Christian journey will come with suffering. Paul, Peter, they wrote about it in the, in the new Testament. They wrote about suffering. There are so many passages of scriptures over 96 plus speaking about suffering in the Bible. You must suffer as a Christian. You will have to. You will have to. It's inevitable. But the beautiful thing about it is when we suffer for the sake of the gospel, this means that we belong to Christ. We belong to the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not talking about the suffering that you bring upon yourself via sin. We are not talking about this. I'm talking about the suffering that comes with being associated with Christ by being righteous. Because when you take a stand for Christ, oh, people are going to hate you. People are going to talk about you. They're going to slander your name. And a lot of people will kill you with their words. Not talking about physical death, but they can kill you with their words. Watch this. Even if you die physically uh, of being a martyr. People in the Bible, they were martyred. The disciples were killed for their belief. They were. Some of them were hung upside down. Some were uh, thrown in the pits 
So we can't be foolish to not believe that we won't suffer for Christ. So many people, even in China, they have underground churches. People were absolutely smuggling them in coffins, uh, preachers just to get them out and to get them in. And people can't even have Bibles in some countries. They are persecuted for their belief. We are still living in this this day and time. Some of the first century Christian or believers, they dealt with so much persecution. They died for their faith. And people this day in the 21st century still are. Look, look at this. Your flesh will fight against the will of God, which produces a struggle that causes one to suffer. Sometimes this cup can be of our suffering of not wanting to be separated from our, our sinful ways. Yes, our sinful ways can block us from doing what God calls us to do, the will of God. The Bible says to, to say, watch this. The Bible says one in the Lord's prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To say thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it takes trust in God's sovereign plan and being obedient every step of the way. To be a part of the kingdom of God requires suffering. There's no escaping this, even if you want to be a part of it. This means if you want to be a part of it, you have to, you going to suffer. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, it's a prerequisite. Yes, because the world absolutely hates the things of God. And when you take a stand for God, they're going to hate you. The Bible says, be very leery when all men speak well of thee. Be very cautious. Why are every man speaking well of you? They didn't speak well of Jesus. And if we say we are of Christ, then we must evaluate our lives and see if it mirrors the life of Christ. By drinking the cup, we are denouncing sin and the world and being partakers of the blood of Jesus. By drinking this cup, we also are being recognized with him and being baptized with the same baptism that he was baptized with, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ. Okay, you don't believe me? Let's go here. I want to read it to you. Matthew, Matthew 20, Matthew 20, and let's go here, 22. But Jesus answered and said, ye know now what you ask, are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? This is when he was speaking to uh, is the, the disciples or the mother of Zebedee's children. Uh, these people were James and John. They were some of the most closest inside of the 12. They were one of the three that were most closest to Jesus. So the mother came and he, she asked the question, can you allow my sons to sit on one on the right hand and the other left? In the kingdom of God. This is what they ask. But Jesus said, ye know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. And Jesus said, ye shall drink indeed of my cup. And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. So Jesus saying, you will. <laughs> if you are a believer, you shall drink of this cup. You are going to suffer. Yes, you are going your sin, your sinful ways. You have to be separated from sin. You have to be separated in order to be baptized with me. 
And this, this baptism, the Bible said, and ye shall be baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost, a spirit and water. So in order to be baptized how Christ was in the spirit of Christ, you have to drink of this cup. You can't afford to allow this cup to pass. Jesus took the cup of suffering and separation from God in place of us. So we would no longer have to suffer and be separated from him forever, which is eternal death. Hallelujah. That's enough to give God praise right there. That's enough to shout because we have been separated unto God and we no longer will have to suffer or be separated from him forever because of the obedience of Jesus, because he suffered for us. Let's look at some of the scriptures. I, you could just write them down uh, and you could go back and study them at your free time. First Peter five and 10. This is one, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, after ye have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I love this one. Romans 8 and 18. He says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So this suffering that we are enduring during this present time, watch this. It's not even worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us in that day. God has many rewards for us waiting in heaven. That's going to be a glorious day. day. So watch this. No matter what we go through, no matter the persecutions, no matter the slanderings, no matter your family uh, disapprove of you, no matter if your family reject you, no matter if your friends, your loved ones despise you, no matter if you continue to lose friends. Watch this. None of this is worthy to be compared to what God has in store for you. This is why I'm so gung-ho on laying up treasures in heaven where rust and moth cannot corrupt it and not being so consumed about things here on this earth. This is why the Bible tells us to set our affections on things above and not on things on this earth. This is vital for our lives. Let's go here. Another one. First Peter 419. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So we must suffer. He said, let those who suffer according to the will of God. So God is his will for us to suffer. It's his will to go through us. But some of our suffering, my suffering may not look like your suffering. Your suffering may not look like my suffering. We all have to know what our suffering is. And God says we will suffer according to his will. God has a will for each and every one of our lives. If we don't fulfill the will of our of God for our lives, then our life was in vain. Why were we here? Why did we even come here if we didn't fulfill what God called us to do here on earth? It's our duty. It's our job to seek God concerning what is the path for our life. Because we won't be able to stand before God if we don't fulfill his will for our lives. And so this is why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. The kingdom of God is to fulfill the will of God. 
That's his plan for your life. He wants us to. Look at this. First Peter four and one and two. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So when you have surrendered your life as Christ did, you now have the same mind of Christ. This is why the Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus, watch this. He suffered in the flesh. He did. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So when you allow your flesh to suffer, this means you have no longer lived to satisfy and please your flesh. When you mortify the deeds of your flesh, your flesh will suffer because your flesh flesh is craving lustful things. Your flesh craves desires that's ungodly. Your flesh crave sinful deeds and with wicked acts. This is what your flesh craves. There's no good thing in this flesh. This is why you must kill it. It must cease from sin. And. The Bible says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. The, your flesh and the will of God will always be in opposition. So this is why we must allow the will of God to be prevalent, to be prominent and be first and foremost in our lives. We must seek after the will of God like never before. And we must allow the flesh, our lust to be crucified daily. The Bible says he that is crucified with Christ have he that are Christ have crucified the affections and lust of their flesh. Yes, it's the lust of our flesh and the affections of our flesh that wants to destroy our life. So we must make it. We must be intentional of crucifying it daily. Here it is. Some people will do anything to avoid pain. So as followers of Christ, however, we should be willing and prepared to do God's will and to suffer for it if necessary. Sin began to lose its power to defeat us in our suffering if we focus on Christ and what he wants us to do. When our bodies are in pain or our lives in jeopardy, our real values show up clear, clearly and sinful pleasures seem less important. If anyone is willing to suffer for Christ, by doing the will of God, that person has made a clean break with sin. This means they have ceased from sin. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's go here. I give you another uh, couple more scriptures. Second Timothy 3 and 12. He said, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus, will suffer persecution. First Peter 2, 20 through 21. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. First Peter 3, 14. 
But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. Verse 17, for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So those are just some passages of scriptures that you can go back and read at your own le uh, leisure. So, yes, um, I absolutely believe that we cannot afford to allow the cup to pass this cup of suffering and separation, uh, the will of God. We, we have to drink of this cup, this cup to fulfill the will of God, this cup to be separated unto God and this cup to suffer for the kingdom of God. We have to, it, this what will allow us to be associated with Christ. And if we say that we are of Christ, we must live as Christ and walk like him. We can't afford to dance with the world and drink of the cup of the spirit of the world and the spirit of mammon, which is money and material possessions. This wicked is evil. It's not of God. Our first and foremost mission should be to want what God wants for our life. This is a uh, homework. If you don't know what the will of God is for your life, I will admonish you to seek God. Pursue him concerning the will for your life, because I absolutely believe and know that God will show you the will for your life. He will show you the destiny for your life. If you pursue him for it, if you ask him, he will. God will do it for you. God will absolutely give you a plan. He will show you. I gave this testimony um, before. I know many of you probably heard it, but I was on a fast. I was because I was seeking God and God told me to go on a fast for three days. And I was just in pursuit for him for God. What is the will for my life? So I fasted three days. Absolutely nothing but water. And I was asking God and I was on my face and in the word of God. God, what is the purpose for my life? What did you call me to do? What, what is it? And God began to speak to me and he told me to go to Bible college. Now, I didn't know what that was going to entail, but all I did was trust him at his word and began to embark upon that. And a year later, I graduated from from there years later, and I began to now know that my call was for ministry. This is me to to serve others, to be a servant unto others. This is and to be used for his glory. Uh, to be an ambassador for Christ. This is what my purpose for life is. And I'm so grateful because if it wasn't for that, I would just been chasing whim or whim and fancies, just been going through life, just chasing after dreams that were unattainable, going through life, chasing things that wasn't that would have killed me. Yes, that didn't mean my life no good. So I always seek wisdom in what it is that God wants me to do, because we can get in. Uh, definitely, we can get in trouble with God by pursuing things that he hasn't called us to do. So why waste time? Seek God, get on a mission and pursue God. Pray, seek the face of God. And I promise you, God will show you. It's my heart's cry it's my heart's prayer it's my desire for you that God will perfect everything in your life concerning you that God will lead you and introduce you to your destiny and my prayer for your life is that every destiny that's listening right now I'm talking about every destiny shall be fulfilled may the destiny of God be fulfilled in your life look I love you to life 
May God bless you. Until next week, shalom. Now, this is my most favorite part of the show, and I am so excited. I like to call this part the renewed experience because it's at this moment where you are presented with an opportunity and an experience to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. You are now presented with the opportunity to live a new life, to be renewed, to be born again. Wow, what an honor to be chosen, called by Jesus. The Bible states in Romans 10 and 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So this is the first step in order to receive salvation. But you have to confess it out of your mouth and you have to believe it in your heart. But first we have to do the first step, and that's confessing and believing and allowing him to enter into our heart. So if you would, I'm going to pray a prayer, but I need you to repeat after me and say, Dear God, I know that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And because I am a sinner and need forgiveness, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I am willing to change the direction of my life by acknowledging you, Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and by turning away from all of my sins. Thank you for giving me forgiveness. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And most importantly, thank you for saving my soul. Now, Jesus, I believe that you are the Savior, and I believe that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Come on, hallelujah. The angel rejoice when one coming to the King. Now, if you have made this decision, please reach out to us on our website at rcnormanministries.org or you can email us at rcnormanministries at gmail.com or either on our Facebook or Instagram at rcnormanministries. We would love to know about your decision and we would love to keep you on our prayer list as well as pray that you will be filled with the most precious gift of the Holy Ghost. We are so excited. This is the best decision that you could have ever made. Now you will live your best life. You thought you had new life, but you have never experienced life like this. And that's why I like to call it the renewed experience. Please, please, please subscribe as well as leave us a review. Also leave us a rating, preferably five stars. And also do me a huge favor. Share it with your family or friends. Don't be selfish. Don't hog it all to yourself. Share with them the grace you have received, which is called Renewal.